Well, just to give you a little bit of background about me, I've been studying religions and cults for more than 25 years. When I was in high school, I left and finished in an independent study program. One of the classes they made up for me was called Chasing the American Dream. They made it up for me and my friend Lori, and it was a study on cults and religions in America. It was, uh, it was an in-depth look at, different, at the differences between churches and religions and all the churches and cults that came out of the 1800s and especially focusing on the cults of the 60s and stuff. Um, the reason I kept studying was to find out about the differences we have and the paths we have that are in common. I always liked history and found that religion was a good way, it was a good source for finding out about the past and different cultures. One of the problems I had in finding a church for me was that most of the churches were always too judgmental. They were always, you know, worrying about judging others instead of focusing on Christ. The things I found that inspired me to learn more about the Adventist church was in my introduction as I began to study, they followed more completely the Bible and teachings of all the Ten Commandments. They answered the questions I had about the Bible and they encouraged individuals to search and find the truth for ourselves and not just say, believe what we're telling you. Now, when I first met Pawnee and Clayton, I instantly thought, are they you know, Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons? They were the only churches I knew that went door to door from where I grew up and stuff. Now, um, I've always tried to be nice to them because they only, you know, they're only doing what they believe is right. And, but when I met them, I mean, they just didn't seem like others. They were a little older than a lot of the Mormons that I met and stuff, and they didn't dress like them and they weren't real aggressive or anything like a lot of the Jehovah Witnesses and stuff that I had you know, come in contact with in the past. So I didn't, I didn't judge them right away. I you know, uh, tried to listen to what they were saying and um, after talking to them for a while, um, I explained to them that you know, I'd been looking for a church since I'd moved here to Hawaii and stuff, but I was having issues with finding the right one. They just told me to pray and God would lead me. So when they asked if they could come back, I said, okay. And if I judged them at that point, I wouldn't even be here today. Now, my sermon today is judging others. I looked up in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary the definition of judging, and it says, to form an opinion about through careful weighing of evidence and testing of premises, to sit in judgment on, to determine or pronounce after inquiry of deliberation. Now, it's only human to judge whether we like something or not, or whether we think something's right or wrong. But at times, some people take this to extremes. When we first meet someone, we cast judgment called first impressions. And those are our preconceived ideas of how people measure up to um, what we feel people should be based on ideas, including the way people dress, uh, the the way that they talk and the way that they present themselves. I've found in most cases, people that are judging negatively are doing it to either make themselves feel better about themselves or to make themselves seem superior to others. And that happens even in churches today. And I grew up in the Bay Area of California and several of my friends have tattoos and piercings. It was just kind of the thing back in the 80s and 90s. But several people were afraid of them because of the way that they looked. Most people never took the time to get to know them, but those that did know that they are really good people. They give you the shirt off their back and they do whatever they could to help others. Now, when I worked in the casino, 
Some of my friends would tell me not to associate with people because of where they came from. I hung out, as a lot of people know, with a lot of the Vietnamese people, so people that were from like North Vietnam and stuff, they would you know, tell me, oh, don't hang out with them you know, because they are different. And at the time, uh, back in the 90s and stuff, with Iran and a lot of the other countries, because they had political views that were different than ours. But I you know, would tell them, I don't judge people based on where they come from, and just as I don't judge people on the um, either religions or cults and stuff that they're um, affiliated with, it's whether or not they're good people. Now, having a strong relationship with Christ, reading, studying, and life experiences gives us knowledge to make good decisions and judgment. We all know we shouldn't steal or kill. God wrote these for us himself in his finger, the Ten Commandments. In the beginning, God did the judging. When he saw that man had only evil thoughts continually, he covered the earth with a flood. He saved Noah and his family. Later in Sodom and Gomorrah, he rained fire and brimstone. He saved Lot and his daughters. He tried to save Lot's wife, but when she was warned not to look back, she was turned into a pillar of salt. Then after Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, God let Moses judge the people with his guidance. When there got to be too many people, Moses was told to select 70 men, elders of honor, to bear the burden of the people. Today, we have courts with judges and lawyers or arbitrators to help us with judgment. But what does the Bible say about judging others? Now, I just picked out a few texts and stuff in the Bible, so if you'd like to open your Bible and follow along, you're welcome to. First text is found in Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. Now, this is Jesus talking. It says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That was one of the first verses that I remember even hearing, you know, back when I was a kid in Sunday school and stuff like that. And I've always tried to use it as a, as a guideline and stuff about judging others. Now, the next verse I have was John 7, verses 23 and 24. Give everyone a minute to get there. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken... Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And just as, in, just as the Pharisees in Jesus' time, today a lot of people spend too much time watching others, waiting for them to slip up in one way or another, so they can say you did something wrong. Hopefully today, when we do something wrong, others aren't looking to kill us as they did Jesus in his day. Our next text is found in 1 Peter 2, 22 and 23. Now here Peter's talking about Jesus being sent as an example that you should follow in his steps who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. 
who when he was reveled did not revel in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. We want to be ready when Jesus returns. I found so many texts in the Bible when I started this sermon. I went through my concordance and just I spent weeks looking at it and just had to narrow it down to a few verses and stuff. Now, if we stop judging others and instead when we see or hear that another person did something wrong, if we feel we need to talk to them, first we should say a short prayer and ask God how we should approach them. They will see God's love shining through us and that will help us in sharing God's word with them. And they'll feel that we are not casting judgment on them. Sometimes all we can do is pray for them. Now, I was reading in the book of Matthew and tried to explain a little bit of it in part, but instead of taking anything out of context, let's look at Matthew 5, verses 43 and 44. Is everyone there? You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. The more I study the Bible, the clearer Christ's character becomes an example to follow in my own life. In our Wednesday night Bible studies, we spend a lot of time breaking down and studying each of the verses in the part of the Bible we're studying. It's made me stop and look at my life as a Christian. I pray for wisdom and understanding of the Bible and ask for help in how to humble myself and how to be more like Christ. I just did a short um, sermon today so that we could continue along with our uh, communion Sabbath. So I'm now going to say a prayer before we get dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Sabbath. Lord, I pray that you be with all of us as we continue in the communion. Be with every one of us and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.